Hey, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to My Sentiments Exactly podcast. My name is Kay, and I'm your host. Today's special guest is Eliza Metz. Eliza writes poetry and articles with a special emphasis on social justice for young people, the Catholic imagination, and women's interest for the Instagram blog at Eliza Writes Things. She is currently a senior majoring in English creative writing and theater at Wofford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and is from Charleston, South Carolina. She is also the host of the Eliza Writes Things Poetry Podcast, available on all major streaming platforms. Hope you enjoy today's open mic episode. Eliza, I am so excited to have you here for an open mic Monday. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Of course. So we're going to start out with a conversation starter. It'll be a random question and you'll just answer it before we get started. Okay. <clears throat> okay. What is your greatest weakness? Oh, goodness. I know this is one of those like job interview questions. <laughs> I was just thinking <laughs> you're that. supposed to say a lot if you're kind of, <laughs> I don't know, if you're supposed to be like, oh, perfection or something. That's yeah. actually not a weakness. Okay. My greatest weakness. And I want to be real. I don't want to say yeah. something that's actually a disguised compliment. Um, mm, oh, I spend a lot of time on social media. Okay. <laughs> My screen time has been like six <laughs> hours a day and I'm not <laughs> proud of not that. Proud. And I really want the discipline to be able to just like post and then go away yeah. and like yeah. give myself like 15 minutes a day, even 30, <laughs> not six hours. <laughs> Yeah. It's not six hours of just Instagram. It's also texting people. But uh, yeah, my I'm just screen time in general. One of the millions of people addicted to Instagram.com. So okay. I'm not proud of that. <laughs> it's my it's biggest okay. weakness. The confession is the first step. So <laughs> That's good, true. Good job. Okay. <laughs> thank so um, thank you for answering that. Uh, we're going to get right into the episode. Um, I'll give you an opportunity just to share whatever you like about yourself. <laughs> Um, and then you can introduce your piece and and present it. I'm really excited. Um, I, I only have the title for those watching or listening. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hearing this for the first time along with you. I'm really excited to hear it. Um, and I'm excited to have you here. So, Thank yeah, you. if you could just take a moment to introduce yourself and introduce your piece, um, that would be great. My name is Eliza. As I said earlier, I am a senior at Wofford College, which is a small, very small liberal arts school in Spartanburg, South Carolina. I am so, so, so close to my Bachelor of Arts degree in yes. English with a creative writing concentration and theater. I never thought I would end up here. I started biology wanting to become a nurse. And then the biology was not too hard for me, but it was too hard for how uninterested I was in it. And so okay. I was like, I'm going to do the thing I love and just trust that I will be able to find a way to help people. Cause I wanted to be a nurse mm -hmm. and help people. And this past summer, I've always really enjoyed writing poetry. I even wrote it when I was like five, but this past summer when I had, when we all got sent home from school mm -hmm. and I had all the time in the world to just sit and think and miss mm -hmm. my friends. I just like really hit the books and hit my journal and wrote so much poetry. And I knew I wanted to share it with people, but it was the, it really was everything after George Floyd's death and 
such mm-hmm. a rise in the power of the um, Black Lives Matter movement that propelled me to actually speak up. Because I was like, if people can march mm-hmm. in the streets of Charleston, South Carolina, where I'm from, then I can like yeah. write a, just a tiny little poem about something that, but also other things that I really believe in. And that was what propelled me to start my Instagram, my Instagram account, mm-hmm. Eliza Writes Things. And I love doing it so much. My dream is to publish multiple books one day and just write as much as I possibly can and really, really touch and transform the hearts of others to not only be, not only help others give themselves permission to be vulnerable with themselves and with other people, but also Mm -hmm. see those who are unseen and see struggles in this world that go completely unnoticed and aren't talked about. I, the best compliment someone ever gave me was my poetry professor at Wofford told me that I write, um, Prospero poetry, which is a (laughs) reference to a Shakespeare play that I read two years ago for a class and don't remember, but (laughs) it basically (laughs) means writing poetry that matters rather than just Mm. kind of fluffy stuff. And there's a time and a place for the fluffy stuff, but I really like to write stuff that hits really hard. And that's really, I think, my life calling. Yeah. And that's exactly why I invited you <laughs> onto you. the show, because our mission's like so closely aligned. Yes. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. So um, what is your piece that you'll be sharing today? It is called Cain and Abilene. And I want to offer like a just a trigger war- content trigger warning because I, there's not any cussing. I know you asked for that, but it does mm-hmm. talk about pornography and the effects of pornography and okay. not in an obliterating way that would like try to make you um, have a traumatic reaction to it, but like it does mention it. And so gotcha. I just wanted people listening to be able to know that in case children's ears are around and you haven't told them about this yet. So this is Kane and Aveline. As long as you are still watching porn, I am not free. You look at me with green scales over your eyes, filtering the beauty you see in this world through lenses of use, objectification, a collection of photoshopped body parts being worth what they can perform, a a night of tapping to the next video of XXX. You live in a pixelated fantasy land where no woman can tell you no, I am not there. But you still see me differently because lust changes everything. She is not your tool. She is not yours to use. She is not yours to make an object out of. She is not yours to fulfill all your unfulfilled desires. My sisters on your phone screen are not yours to bend over backwards, twisting into a million spineless sex positions for your pleasure only. Manipulation reigns king as you divorce our hearts from our bodies just so that you can feel something, anything. A trap that tells you it'll bring you to life. It'll make you feel better. It'll make you a king in a twin-sized bed. I promise you it won't. I know why you did it. You were bored. You were lonely. You felt numb on the inside. You couldn't sleep. You screwed up at work. Your sister, girlfriend, fiance, wife of 20 years, daughter made you feel like a coward. And you don't really feel like a man to begin with. You feel so small. So you turn to the thing that makes you feel big. So you turn to women who can't deny you. So you turn to the women who aren't given the option to consent. So you can feel more powerful, almighty, a God in a twin-sized bed. Mm. Lost in the corner of suburbia and the last time you regarded a a beautiful woman as truly beautiful. 
Cain killed Abel by slicing his head open. Cain killed Abelene by shoving her into a series of binary codes and telling her that she is only allowed to be sexualized. God spent that night sobbing over the slow murder of the souls of his beloved daughters, mourning man's thwarting of their beauty by beholding it with sin. His moonlight weeps into your window while you ignore Abilene for your phone screen. The devil's favorite cocktail is the laziness of men. Remember, your blinds don't hide everything. You say it's just a tap, tap, tap on your phone screen. So you tap it to keep us trapped in the slavery of trafficking and objectification and belief that we as women are only worth what we can perform in a bed shared by thousands. I got tired of sharing. So I will sit here and tap, tap, tap on the digital chains you have shackled thousands of girls into by adding to the demand for porn. I'll tap until their weights are broken, tap to set them free, tap, tap, tap on the glass ceiling above my coffin, tap by speaking out, tap, speaking up, tap to set all women free from your iron fisted hammer of lust, from the green scales over your eyes, keeping you from seeing us as we are more than a collection of body parts, tap until we are seen as whole human beings again, tap until you are free from being frozen in green, tap until you are free too. Cain killed Abilene by shoving her into a series of binary codes and telling her that she is only allowed to be sexualized so that he could feel like a god in a king-sized bed. He takes after his father. He lies. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. For those listening or, um, or watching, um, I came across Eliza's page on Instagram. I'm looking for different spoken word artists. And I heard one of her poems that she, you know, recited. I didn't want to listen to too many because I wanted to be surprised, <laughs> but I was not <laughs> expecting that. Wow. That is so powerful Thank and you. so, so needed. Thank so needed. you. So needed. Wow. Okay. So. Oh, wow, that just blew me away. Thank you. Um, that was amazing. Um, what I, I know what probably inspired you to write it, um, just because of you know everything that you mentioned. But why, why that poem? So this is kind of the story of my coming of age as a college student. I mm. entered college dating someone who had an addiction or habit of watching porn. It's really, for a lot of reasons, it's really hard to tell if it's an addiction or just a habit, but I think it was an addiction Okay. and broke up with him. My, I stayed for a long time in that not good relationship, broke up with him as a sophomore um, and spent the entirety of, or like the, the spring and the summer of 2019, um, getting over that. And then I have spent the second half of 2019 and all of 2020 getting a lot braver at sharing that story because for a really long mm -hmm. time, I did not, I told like my closest friends, um, and I hated telling people that not because I felt embarrassed, but because, because it wasn't, it wasn't something that I did and I know I did not deserve it. But mm -hmm. because that's just so big and it's so hard to understand. And mm -hmm. a lot of people don't always respond very positively. What hurts the most is when I have told some friends and some people in my life and they kind of understood why I was hurt by him. Um, 
betraying our relationship by watching porn, but it didn't change their minds or they thought I was overreacting or Got you. they like kept watching porn. And that one really hurts. Cause it's like, I gave you this really vulnerable story and you rejected it and mm-hmm. your mind wasn't changed. And I understand like, I'm, I understand I am not the world's savior. <laughs> um, for sure. For the sure. only person who like advocates against porn, but mm-hmm. that's part of my, part of the curve of my college experience is just becoming a lot braver at sharing this story and understanding that not everyone is going to agree, but that I really, really think that they should. And so I need to keep sharing it. Yeah. That takes, wow. The amount of bravery, like you said, I I know that's something that you had to develop over time um, to share that experience. And thank you for trusting this platform um, with your story and with that incredible, incredible message. Um, This is the space for messages that are not going to make it to the mainstream. The things that we're advocating, (laughs) the things that we're advocating for and and um, and against will make it to the mainstream. Um, But messages like these won't always make it. And so I applaud you for your bravery and your willingness to speak out and to use. It's it's amazing how you can use. beauty through art to yes. address some of the ugliest things yes. um, and, and still present it um, in a graceful way. So I, I really am just so blown away um, just by that poem. I couldn't tell from the title what it was going to be. No. <laughs> um, and, and I love that, but it is it's such a necessary topic. So for women who, or, or young girls who may be in relationships, maybe some people are in marriages, um, and they're experiencing this. Um, what would you, I mean, y- you only got but so far in that relationship, mm-hmm. but what would your advice be to them who, who think that it is something that they have done? Um, or maybe they're in a marriage and aren't sure what to do, like in that situation. I know you can only give, but so much advice. Yes. Um, but what would you share just from your experience? Um, in terms of like how that informs your self-worth? Yes. Oh, my sense of self-worth and my uh, self-confidence depleted as we kept dating and he kept Mm -hmm. watching it. And part of that is I was 18, 19. Like I didn't have the maturity or emotional capacity to like separate. I knew objectively that it wasn't because of me and it wasn't my fault, but like I didn't mm-hmm. have the emotional capacity to like separate his porn addiction from my sense of self-worth. Cause I was 18 Absolutely. and I had a cute boyfriend. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so it's, it really is so case by case basis. I mm-hmm. needed to get out of that relationship and um, because it really, really destroyed me and it destroyed my sense of self-worth and it, was a very long battle to get that back. And I'm really thankful for the people who helped me get that back. And then moving forward, I told myself I can only date someone who is porn free. And Mm -hmm. it is really, really rare to find a man nowadays who has never, ever watched porn, but I don't ask for Mm -hmm. that. I just ask that he has not in a very long time and like feels very confidently that maybe like once in a blue moon something crazy happens and he falls but otherwise he is porn free i'm also anti-masturbation for the same reasons um 
Um, and that one is a little bit, I am Catholic. And so it's a lot easier to, from a secular standpoint, advocate against porn because of how it destroys women. I feel the same way about masturbation. I understand though that not all um, non-Catholics and non-like conservative Christians do. So that's kind of another topic. Porn is more mm-hmm. of a thing here right now. Um, and I remember telling my therapist that I was convinced I would never find someone who had the strength <laughs> to be, who was born free for a while, but then I did. Mm. And it was so sweet. And so mm. I guess my message is if you are not married and you are young, please. Wow. If it, it I, he, I don't want to overshare his story because it's his story to tell. For sure. Was, yeah. He was doing it enough to where every single night when I went to bed, I was just like in tears because I didn't know what he was doing to himself. Mm. And if you, if you are not, I would say to younger people, if you are not in the space where you are that worried and shaken up about him, then perhaps you can stay, but make sure he un- makes it make it known to him that you expect him to have accountability in place. Like covenant mm-hmm. eyes is a web blocking server and there's a ton of others and Oh, accountability and mentor mentorship with mentorship from people who got over it and accountability with people who are trying mm-hmm. to get over it. Like with his friends, um, if you're married, I mean, that is a completely different ball game that I yeah. don't think I can speak on. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as I know of being in high school, or in college, or even soon after, um, you really need to ju- you really need to discern like how far along he is in his healing journey. It got to the mm-hmm. point where, with me and this ex, I realized that he really wasn't interested in giving up, um, and it took me a year to realize it. I wish that I had left sooner, okay. um, but it took me a very long time because I'm someone who's very loyal and like sticks in it with people. But I really mm-hmm. wish that at that time in my life, I had looked out for myself more. The other thing is I didn't tell a soul what he was going through. Cause I was like, Oh, it's really private. Mm-hmm. It's his struggle, which is, it is true. But if I had told even just one person who was trustworthy, like my mom, they would have been able to speak the truth into me that I didn't really want to hear. And I knew I didn't really okay. want to believe. Um, but after we did, after I did get the courage to break, to get out of that relationship. And I told my mom and people in my life who really looked out for me, they were like, yes, you did the right thing. And so mm-hmm. even if it's scary, if you're a younger person, I would encourage you to tell somebody who is trustworthy and wise. Yeah, that's so, so important. Thank you for, for sharing that. What would you say is the is the biggest misconception because we talk about misconceptions all the time on the show. Um, Some of the biggest misconceptions that you um, think surround uh, pornography. A million. Um, (laughs) I know. (laughs) Where do you begin? (laughs) A million. Um, Oh, that the girls and that the girls performing in it want to be there. Most of the time that is not true. And I, I can't give you the exact like, research article or page on mm-hmm. fightthenewdrug.com where I get all these things, but fightthenewdrug.com or .org, whichever it is, is where I know all of this information. Most of the girls in there did not want to be there. They were either coerced into being there through mm-hmm. oh, so much manipulation. It makes me so mad. <laughs> so yeah. much manipulation of like, of paying them a 
of giving showering them with like goodies and telling them that, that they will be queens and stars and so loved and taken mm-hmm. care of and if they if a manipulating person can trap them in a place where they are so insecure and so lonely then that is not really consent that is using them within their place of weakness and even aside from that it is mostly human trafficking and that that exactly. is you don't really need to prove to people that that is just bad but all the time i hear people say oh they they chose it and most of the time that is absolutely not true um mm-hmm. Another misconception that I wrestled a lot with is that it's not really cheating. It is cheating. I absolutely mm. believe that it is cheating. I, every single hug I shared with that boyfriend, I was sharing with thousands, tens of thousands of other women that he was looking at every single mm. night over his lifetime or the lifetime that he has struggled with this. And I, was really, really uncomfortable with that and not okay with that. Especially like if he dropped me back off to my house after a date and I knew that the people he was going to next was not going to be just like, Oh, reading a book or scrolling through Instagram and then falling Mm -hmm. asleep, dreaming about our date. It was going to be watching, clicking through a million porn videos and then falling asleep. And I was not okay with that either. And just because it wasn't a physical woman's body in his bed. I do not believe makes it any less of cheating. Um, Oh, other misconceptions. Oh, that, that everybody does it. Cause that's not true. I found Mm -hmm. somebody who doesn't. And I know that he was (laughs) friends who also had the strength and the ability um, to get over it as well. And it wasn't easy for them. They had to fight tooth and nail, but they did it. And I'm so proud of them. Um, And so I never want a woman to feel like she just has to accept cheap love that she doesn't deserve because there's nothing else out there because there is Mm -hmm. something else out there that is so far, far better and far, far, far healthier for you. Um, I remember telling my, right after it happened, I remember telling my mom and my friends that, I, this, I, this might sound kind of confusing, but I remember saying like, why did I have to be born now in terms of when the internet is around? Because pornography has always existed. Yeah, like for sure. Even before cameras. Yeah. You can yeah. just like draw somebody. Um, but that's, <laughs> think of that. that's not nearly, it's, that's not going to trigger an addiction. Like tapping at the speed of lightning through porn videos does. And what's okay. worse about it being on, the Pornhub app or Pornhub.com or any other website you get it from is that the second you get tired of it, you move on to something else. And that teaches you not to appreciate the person that you are dating, the one person, not to appreciate the one person that you are married to. That teaches you that you have to be used to so many people. And I know I'm kind of getting off course here, but I remember thinking all the time, like, I wish I lived in caveman times or something before the videos existed and the internet existed and (laughs) all my friends were like eliza you yeah but you will find and marry the person who has overcome that and if you don't if you never get married this was a big thing too is after i and exited this relationship i fell into quite a pit of believing like oh i'll never find somebody and I'll never get married. And that'll, that means I'll be miserable forever. And it took a lot of bravery for me to realize, no, as a Christian, God does not promise me 
marriage. He promises me every opportunity he can give me to make me holier and more like him. And if that is not marriage, then that's what I want. If it is marriage, then that's what I want. But he does not Mm -hmm. No one, whether you are a Christian or not, no one is promised marriage. If that was the only thing that, or like the pinnacle of our happiness, then all of us would get it. And that's, it's not. And so not all of us get it. And it was a big breakthrough when, I guess that would be a kind of related misconception is that marriage is the only thing that can make you happy or the pinnacle of your existence. And I think we learned that a lot from Disney princess movies where (laughs) the happily ever after it's marriage to a man (laughs) who is cute and gives you his money and his status. And that's not (laughs) the pinnacle of a woman's existence. The pinnacle of a woman's existence is just living as she was created to live. That's so important. You know what? We are friends. We are friends now. We are are totally, (laughs) totally friends. (laughs) Like I just, I love your passion for advocacy, and you are so bold yet so gracious, so sweet at the same time. Thank you. Um, And I'm just so glad to have virtually met you. I'm. That's why I'm grateful for the internet. That's when I can be grateful. (laughs) Yes, it has questions, but it has questions. Make yes. a that is that was another thing i was like okay there's a lot of bad yeah but there are there's also good we found the good yeah <laughs> but thank you so much um for sharing all of that those misconceptions are you know i can definitely see all of the ones that you mentioned um and there are so many more um but i also love that you you know encourage those that may be struggling with pornography to uh, find like mentorship, accountability, mm-hmm. um, and that there are resources, websites out there that can help you and, you know, filter different things and keep you accountable. Um, so I love that you're, you know, advocating um, against this traffic, you know, this trafficking and um, objectification, but there are also, you know, resources that you're saying, you know, are out there for people that may be struggling. Um, with it. So thank you so much um, just for being open to addressing this topic um, and having this discussion. Uh, This is the first on on the podcast. Um, I've had some repeats of topics, but this is the first. I had um, an episode not too long ago on human trafficking Mm. um, with uh, Compassion to Act, Debbie Hancock. Um, But she focused more so on the process of how people are trafficked um, victims and um, the labor side of things. Um, so now you have come in and you know tiptoed into um, the demand, you know, the, the demand <laughs> and different things that that come with it. So thank you so much um, again for being willing. And I want to offer you the opportunity to share where people can stay connected with you um, and just some of the things that you have going on. The best way that people can support you and your art. Right. Um. And definitely Instagram is at Eliza writes things, E-L-I-Z-A writes things. Um, the little amateur blog website, Eliza writes things dot squarespace dot com, where I, I just blog every so often. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and included in that is a little twice a month, just about, um, email newsletter with poetry that I don't post anywhere else and a little like, kind of coffee life update from me if you want to just like stay more in the loop. Um, those are the only places I'm pretty small right now. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say if I can have a chance to give a last message on yeah, for sure. this, um, just to, I want to encourage those who struggle with 
habits, habits and addictions of pornography that you know it, I know you know that it does not make you feel lastingly happy or fulfilled or satisfied. I know that you know it makes you feel really awful. Even if it makes you feel great for a few seconds, you click to the next video because you become instantly dissatisfied with the one you're just on. And then when it's all said and over, I know that you look at speaking to um, straight men in this situation. I know that you look at women in your real life with lust that you wish you did not. And that was something else I was really uncomfortable with for a long time was knowing that a lot of the boys I know look at me differently because of this. And I cited that in my poem as well. Um, And I just had to come to a place where I prayed for them instead of living Mm -hmm. in a lot of fear. Um, And it helped when I dated somebody who didn't have that problem, of course. And Mm -hmm. There are so many resources that can help you get out of this and help you to live fully alive in the way that you were made to live, which is to look at human beings as human beings and not as objects to use and for your own completely temporary and unfulfilling and unsatisfying pleasure. There's covenant eyes. Exodus cry will get you really fueled up about the human trafficking industry behind it. Fight the new drug is a secular resource that tells you so many that it just compiles a ton of scientific research um and testimonials all about it um there's an app called victory that i don't know a lot about but i do know that people in my life who have this struggle use it for accountability and yeah like i said accountability with your friends and you have to be serious about it you can't just do it for a semester and then drop it um you need to weekly or even more often check in with your people and if one of y'all falls ask why and what Mm -hmm. what made it happen and then come up with a game plan so that the why can be prevented in the future i think some definitely sometimes it's just boredom or loneliness or having a hard time falling asleep or addiction to it and it is not impossible to overcome not at all it Mm -hmm. i've seen it done and it is so beautiful and the people who overcome it feel amazing 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 and they are so happy that they did and kind of like i said earlier for those who are dating someone who struggles with this a lot please 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 know your worth and know that you are worth more than crying yourself to sleep because you're not sure what your boyfriend is doing every night and feeling absolutely betrayed and knowing that he's looking at you as less than human you are worth more than that and he needs so much help and it is not your fault you were also not his savior or accountability partner that was the other thing that made it really hard for me was i tried to be his accountability partner and that did not work at all and (laughs) terrible you are not his savior and accountability partner and maybe you break up with him and he doesn't get better because of the shock of losing someone that he obviously really likes but that isn't your problem and it's not your responsibility and it is not your fault and you deserve more. You deserve more. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Thank you so much. Um, again, for sharing that I was, while I was looking out, I was, I was on your website. Um, and I noticed in the, in the header, um, you describe your poetry as poetry that punches and soothes activating empathy and justice. And that is, Exactly what you have done, um, you. not just in this episode, but some of the other pieces that I've um, seen uh, that you have put out. So thank you again for sharing that. I really hope that um, people who are listening, not just you know men, but also women as well, 
um, that may be, you know, struggling with an addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that not they just are a voice able, problem. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole different episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was speaking yeah. on only a very specific thing. For sure. It is not For just sure. a problem. Yeah, so I hope that um, anyone who is who is struggling with it was able to take something away from this episode. Um, and thank you again just for being so bold. I feel like I thank you 50 times, but I will continue <laughs> because you. these are necessary messages. And like I said before, you know, this won't make it to the mainstream. Yeah. Um, but these are conversations that need to be had. Um, and people, you know, whether we talk about it or not, these are people's experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's running through people's minds. So it's important for us to talk about these things. Yes. Um, so I'll have all of Eliza's um, information in the episode description. Um, and also, Eliza, if you can send me some of the links that you were talking about earlier yes. to some of the resources, I'll have those as well in the episode description for those who um, are looking for resources. But thank you so much to everyone for tuning in. Please make sure that you connect with Eliza on social media. Did you enjoy this episode? If you haven't already, subscribe on your favorite listening platform and our new YouTube channel with video interviews premiering in season three. I'd also love for you to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing MSE Podcasts Conversation Starters Deck, available for purchase at bygracenp.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSE's listening platforms share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at MSE Podcast. The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms by gracenp.com and YouTube now. Hope to hear from you soon.